This is Consider Anew, the weekly micro-podcast that invites you to discover something new or see a familiar thing in a new way. This season, I'll be joined by co-host Dr. Jane Shore, the brilliant head of research and innovation at School of Thought. Michael, thank you for sharing this amazing platform with us. School of Thought is on a mission to amplify innovative work, build resources, and connect innovators and innovation and education. We do this through the School of Thought blog, gatherings, and now this podcast. On each episode this season, we'll speak with guests from all over the world, explore thought-provoking topics, and share ideas you can take and make usable in your world. I'm your host, Dr. Michael Crawford. And I'm this season's co-host, Dr. Jane Shore. Welcome. Hello, good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are coming to us from. Uh, we have a wonderful guest, as always, today. Um, but first, Jane, how are you doing? Michael, hi, Clara. Good, good afternoon. You know, people can be listening to this at any time, but also we're in different time zones. So, um, so whatever time of day, nice to see you. What is you. time in the pandemic, anyway? <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. But uh, so Clara is here from Adobe. We're, I'll let you uh, introduce yourself in a moment. Um, but we're really excited to have you here to chat about creativity, about the upcoming gathering, uh, and just to hear all of your wisdom, all of it, all of your wisdom and experience <laughs> from the work that you've done over the last several years, for sure. Yeah. That's right. Um, so Clara, uh, if you could and would, um, can you introduce yourself? Um, just kind of share your name, where you are, uh, and a bit about the work that you do in education. Sure. So thank you, Michael and Jane, so much for having me on today. It's a pleasure to connect with you and, and with all the educators and community members that are listening in. Um, so as Michael mentioned, I'm uh, working at Adobe. Um, I manage our educator community programs. So working with everything from K through 12 educators um, all the way to higher education faculty um, that are teaching digital media subjects um, that are really approaching creativity and visual storytelling in their classrooms. And I've been with Adobe now about going on five years. I can't believe it's absolutely flown um, and had some incredible experiences just connecting with classrooms around the world. And um, my background is I have worked in education for the past 10 years, uh, started out as a middle school classroom educator in English language arts and um, have worked at some startups, nonprofits, other companies, um, starting in Silicon Valley in, in San Francisco, and now made the crazy move uh, to Europe. So I've been based in Barcelona for the last two years um, and I'm loving it here, but still get to do a lot of the great work internationally and even virtually um, with teachers all around the world. It's amazing. It's so, it's so nice to have um, the, um, the ways in which we're coming together I and mean, we're talking about creativity and we're talking about um, community and the ways in which we can come together right now with Detroit and Philly and Barcelona. <laughs> um, and you were just traveling in Rome, you said. So um, I think, you know, the technology is not only allowing us to be more creative together, but also just connecting us in great ways. So. Yeah, it's true. It's incredible to see just the amount of teachers that I've connected with and 
education professionals on, on Twitter, on social media channels. Um, and then to be able to come together in person and gather in person is pretty powerful to see, you know, how technology allows us to do that. Yeah. So I have a question for you. I mean, your, your area um, right now, and you just talked about visual storytelling, which I really love. Um, and um, we've been doing a lot of that with our um, school of thought is, is the sort of part of revolution school that brings community together. And in doing so, we focus on, you know, the fact that we might all have different definitions for what creativity is, even what visual storytelling is. So I wonder if we could start by just kind of defining what you think creativity is to you um, and also how that expands to your work with Adobe. Within, um, it, it's interesting because that's exactly what we try to tackle in the Adobe Creative Educator Program. So that's our um, community for educators in any subject area and grade level who want to connect and explore what creativity is, what it looks like, how to evaluate it and assess it in their classrooms. And within that kind of workshop, we start off with providing a really simple definition of creativity. Um, and it's from a professor, Dr. Michael Gripko, who says, creativity is an idea that is novel, good, and useful. And it's our brains just doing what they do, making connections from one idea to another. And I think um, a lot of the times we have um, even misconceptions within adults, within students, that creativity is something that's reserved for the arts, that it's you know something that either you're born with it and it's an innate talent, um, but really it's something that can be cultivated. It's something that can be practiced and, and learned. And creativity in, in particular, creative thinking and creative problem solving can span beyond, far beyond the arts. Even in science, when we're thinking about how do we test um, a specific hypothesis and you know, make connections to different ideas. We have to be creative. It's not something that's just there that's um, kind of a rote memorization. So um, it's been interesting just within our community to see how creativity spans across all different subject areas. Um, so, so that's on, on, on the defining piece. And then when it comes to visual storytelling, again, sometimes we have these big lofty terms in education and even in tech where we're like, what is, what exactly does that even mean? Create, you know, visual storytelling. And I think, um, really trying to figure out ways in which students can create a visual concept of their ideas and be able to use data and visuals to tell their story or convey an idea in a way that's really compelling. Um, so whether it's creating a graphic that's going to represent, you know, a specific presentation they're giving or a video or even a web page, like some kind of digital media that's interactive um, that really provides a visual aid to the ideas a student or even an educator is trying to communicate. Super cool. One of the things I've been um, reading about, you know, I, I, a little plug that we're going to have a gathering, Clara, that you're facilitating on April 14th. And then on May 12th, <clears throat> we're also going to have one on art integrated throughout the curriculum. So these two will probably go very well together in thinking about the ways in which we can integrate creativity and art across the curriculum. And what you were just talking about, it's a, it's, 
I would use the word rigorous. It's a rigorous process. So I've been, you know, thinking about this idea that, you know, it's not, we're not talking about things that are for fun. They are fun to do, but they're really sort of rich and enrichment to the learning process. Um, so I feel like the two, the, the April 14th and the May 12th will go very well together, but I do want to underline that, you know, what you're doing, and I know from, you know, getting to explore the work that you've done over the years is really an enriching process, you know, to the learning that's happening in classrooms. Yeah, I think oftentimes, you know, young people and adults have ideas or they have these, these sort of new ways of, of seeing a thing, but it isn't always clear how that gets translated outward, how it, how it can be made visible or um, be made available for others to understand. I think, you know, we often have, whether it's ideas or feelings or, um, you know, senses, if you will, uh, of things that we want to try to express. And the, the, um, the act of expressing those is not it's not automatic. It's not always easy. Uh, and I think part of the way that I see your work, Clara, is helping students and teachers to get the, you know, lots of things from within them to outside, which allow other people to learn from them and, you know, kind of get their hands on them and, and you know, interact and, and engage them. And so that seems, you know, if there are, there are a range of different purposes for school, for sure, but that seems like you know, a big one. Uh, and it seems like that's where, where you all are, are really focused. Um, I want to shift a little bit and, and talk about um, teachers. And in particular, you mentioned this a, a little bit before, um, but you hear it often talked about with, with creativity that, you know, people don't think they're creative or, you know, maybe the art teacher is creative, but, you know, the physics teacher isn't or something. Um, so I'm curious about, you know, when you're working with teachers, when you're helping them to you know, reflects their own creative muscles and then help their students do the same. What are some of the, some of the challenges that you come up against? And, you know, from that, what have you seen teachers, uh, you know, who have realizations or epiphanies or, or just breakthroughs? What does that, what does that look like? Like, how does that happen for them uh, in the, in the workshops and the resources, all the things that you provide? What's that look like? Yeah, absolutely. So the biggest challenge, um, I think, right now is just the reality of schools. We have been through um, an, some extremely challenging last few years uh, with the pandemic, teachers kind of being yo-yoed back and forth between in-person instruction, at-home instruction, some classrooms even having a hybrid model, the um, challenge of teaching to some students on a screen and some students that are in the classroom. And it's just there's so many pieces on top of that, not to mention even pre-pandemic, the reality of teachers, you know, um, having after school um, tutoring and clubs and lesson planning, assessment, like there's just so many pieces that a teacher is grappling with. So then to come in and say, and we have a new tool for you to use. And, you know, there's this other piece and you need to also prep for standardized assessment. It's a human being can't physically, you know, <laughs> take all of that on. Um, so anything that um, we provide, whether it's a resource or a tool or community, it has to be simple. Any solution for the classroom needs to be simple for teachers to take 
um, and to be able to personalize for their students and for their, their class, the, their area of instruction. So um, the biggest challenge has really been um, meeting teachers where they are. And I think the mistake that a lot of technology companies make is creating something incredible for the classroom and then just you know, sharing it with teachers and saying, okay, this is the silver bullet that's going to solve you know, all of your, your, your issues in the classroom. And what we really need to do as, as a company is sit back and listen. And that's what my team has been doing, my colleagues. We've been taking that time to just sit down with districts, listen to what their issues are, and then say, okay, now that I understand the needs of your teachers, the needs of professional development, we can come up with a plan, a customized plan for you to fit into your calendar and specifically approach the areas that your teachers need. And so what we've found is once we do that, that just goes such a, such a long way uh, with different districts. And when it comes to teachers kind of individually within the community, um, you know, we're constantly listening to what's the type of content you want to see, who are speakers that you want to see within our live stream show, um, what is it that you need that we can help, and then vice versa, working in tandem to get um, kind of recommendations for the product roadmap, what features teachers want to see built. So it's, again, I think just having that dialogue is the, is the most important piece. But there's a lot of fear um, as well that I've seen when it comes to adopting kind of new technology or, or new methodology in instruction. And in a sense, the pandemic really sped that up because a lot of then educators didn't really have a choice. Like they had to be using technology to meet students. So I think um, a lot of it was kind of trial by fire, districts trying out different things. There were some incredible stories that came out of that. Like for example, in Atlanta public schools, um, there were Wi-Fi buses going around to different neighborhoods that were also serving lunches, like really trying to meet um, students. And I think once we kind of went over that first kind of speed bump, teachers were then able to start to see, okay, like get a little bit more comfortable. Um, and when we see those breakthroughs, it's incredible. Like when teachers finally feel like they have ownership over this. And then also that they're empowering their students when they take that moment to allow students to bring ideas to them or new technologies to them that they can bring in the classroom and be more of a facilitator um, within, within student learning. I think that's really powerful. Um, but yes, overall, I think um, the more dialogue, the better, just taking that moment to really understand our, our users, our teachers' needs, first and foremost, and then we can, you know, figure out a better way to support them. So basically, you know, basic design thinking principles. <laughs> yeah, love it. I, I, you know, and I think of that, what is the saying, nothing without us, about us is, or we have to be with, you have to, well, I'm going to get it wrong. <laughs> nothing for us, like, without us is, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, nothing about us. With, anyway. <laughs> we're going to mess it up. This was just like some prepositions in there, but you have to work with the people that are your audience. Um, and I wonder um, with regard to that and with regard to sort of like needs in creativity, are there themes that you've found? I know you've worked with so many different districts and different teachers. Nothing about us without us is for us. Is that what the end of it is? Yeah. Yeah, maybe so. something like that. <laughs> something like that. We're putting it together. Yeah. Um, sorry, um, but I wonder. Um, I'm just thinking about you know 
I'm trying to extract a couple of things that I'm hearing. One is um, many times people have a fear of technology, but mm -hmm. also sometimes I think people have a fear of creativity. Um, mm -hmm. They say, I'm not an artist, I'm not creative. And um, that's something, that's another thing to overcome. Um, you know, instilling that the mindset can cross and transfer over different curricular areas. Like you said about science, creative thinking isn't just about, you know, drawing or illustrating or creating a sculpture. Um, creative thinking, you know, really translates across subjects. But in your work, Clara, um, specifically with the subject of creativity, are there themes that you have found um, or, you know, specific learnings that you have found that you have taken away? that you know, teachers generally, here are, here's a big need, here's another big need. What are some of the things that you've learned? Yeah, there's so many. I think, um, especially in different um, geographical areas too, it can differ from, from country to country. And we're really, um, within the community, we really allow teachers to connect to one another and learn from one another, because quite often they're grappling some of some similar themes. Um, in terms of challenges and, and ways in which we're trying to approach those, I've seen um, one theme being creativity across the curriculum. So as you mentioned, um, kind of getting over that hurdle as, oh, I'm, you know, I'm not creative or creativity is just for the arts. It's showing educators ways and specific activities or instructional materials in which they can infuse creativity in math, in science, and social studies, like, and bringing all of that into play. Um, so that's been a big one. The other is um, personalized um, learning. So how to really personalize the student's experience and allow each student to, to really um, create in a visual way that's meaningful to them. Um, and that really shows their learning. And I think technology really helps with that too, because, um, students are each, you know, logging in on their own. They have their own um, uh, palette that they're working with, their own video, their own graphic. Um, so that's been something that we've really seen. But for me, the biggest challenge, and I, and we're still, you know, working with this, is how to assess creativity because so often educators are teaching to the standardized assessment. We're coming up in uh, testing season in April now, and it's um, it, it it can be a difficult time for so many educators. And so what we need to figure out are whether those are rubrics or um, other sorts of um, evaluation materials that teachers can go in and say, okay, our, what was your process like? Like really going through all of those specific pieces within the creative process. Um, what was your end result? What were the, some of the different mediums you used? How did you design specifically with your audience in mind? And taking all of those pieces into consideration um, to then have an ultimate like, you know, assessment and evaluation of creativity uh, without it being too kind of stifled in a sense. Claire, you, 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 you answered the question we didn't even ask because I think very frequently on the minds of educators, um, well, time, resource, and how this fits into a curricular program um, really, some breaks down sometimes to how am I going to include this in an evaluation? How does this, how do I demonstrate the value of the learning that happens in this way, in the creative, creative way? So you, you went ahead and answered that question already. <laughs> so thanks for that. Um, 
And, and Claire, you, you, I think, touched on this a bit throughout your, um, throughout our conversation, but I, I would love to hear, I know, you know, Adobe is a, an innovative, creative technology company. Um, and I know your work centers around building community uh, and helping educators to flex their creative muscles and to, to help their students do the same. What is next for Adobe Education. What are you guys working on that you can share uh, publicly? What, what uh, I know there's always new tools and things that are rolling out, uh, but what, what are you excited about you know, over the next, what are we in, April now? What are you excited about over the next six months uh, with the work that you're doing? That's a really exciting time, um, especially now going into in-person um, for the first time in so many months, um, we're really looking forward to reconnecting with our community in person, um, especially at ISTE conference, uh, which is going to be in New Orleans in the end of June. Our team will all be there. We'll have some <clears throat> institutes, some events for teachers. So for those who are joining uh, the conference, we hope to see you in person there. And then from a product perspective, a lot is happening. Um, so back in December, we announced um, the rebrand and new offering from Adobe Spark, to, which is now Adobe Creative Cloud Express. And again, really going to Creative Cloud Express because we want to take the kind of um, big offering of Creative Cloud that has Photoshop, Illustrator, InDesign, all of the professional grade tools and have um, an offering that's a bit more um, kind of like an easier entry for schools that have all these design guardrails built in, but can really scaffold the learning opportunity for students where we have um, Creative Cloud Express page, post, and video, um, which you might be familiar with if you were using Spark previously. Um, but then we've also added Premiere Rush, which is our more robust um, video editing platform that you can use even without um, any editing background. Um, it just provides a bit more functionality than Creative Cloud Express, uh, formerly Spark Video does. And then we also have Photoshop Express in there too. So really getting students familiar with the concept of layers, um, you know, different masking tools. We have quick actions, like being able to remove a background, like if you put your photo in there. Um, so what we've been doing with the um, brilliance of my colleague, Rebecca Hare, who comes up with um, the concepts for all of our monthly challenges, is we're bringing all of Creative Cloud Express into a monthly challenge and a monthly theme. And so every month we come out with a teacher challenge the first week of the month. Um, that's a remixable template that teachers can bring into their classroom. Um, and then we have a, a giveaway where we actually print 100 to 200 of the unique designs for teachers. So whether every month we do something different. So if it's on your logo on a sticker or your um, uh, classroom norms on a poster. And this month um, we are in light of testing season, have a graphic that says you are more than a score. And there's a place for students and teachers to put their photo in there, all of their creative attributes that kind of go around that image. And then there's some really cool um, masking and color schemes that um, they can implement. And we are um, partnering with Khan Academy this month. So we'll be having Saul Khan come on our live stream show on April 14th at 10.30 a.m. Pacific time. And um, that will also be shared with educators as, as well. So the theme this month is creative confidence, um, really getting students to, to think about that, especially 
in light of standardized assessment season. And then the hope is that teachers will then project those images like on the wall on their smart boards, print them out, like just as a constant reminder for students. And then we have um, a wallpaper background that they can use. And then we'll be printing them out on tote bags uh, to give to teachers who submit with the hashtag Adobe EDU Creative. So that's been just kind of coming up initially. And then we have a ton of stuff over the summer. We'll have a, a virtual summit coming up with some incredible keynote speakers that I'll be excited to announce next month. And that'll be July 26th through the 28th. And then ongoing, you know, um, campaigns, resources, just a lot to come on the Adobe for Education um, social media channels. That is, there are so many opportunities. I'm hoping that we can make sure to link them in the podcast notes because I, I feel like I was taking note and, you know, that you just filled up you know, lots of time and all, in such valuable ways. Um, and Sal Khan is such a great person to talk to. His, ho his own story of how Khan Academy came about and what he does for education right now is really inverting um, classrooms in such positive ways, um, making, it, making us realize again and again how important like in-person learning is and how different it can be if you can have other support. Um, so Clara, we actually have to finish off our podcast, something we call our lightning round. Um, and these are just a few quick questions that you can just answer with a couple of words. So we're, um, as we, as we depart and as we express our great, our thanks to you for taking the time today, um, we just have a few questions for our lightning round. And I think I will start, um, and I am very interested in, in you, Clara, in your, if you have like um, an education rock star or somebody that you follow or somebody that you're really excited about right now or somebody, your go-to person, um, who might that be? Gosh, it's, there's so many, um, but I'll start out with my immediate team, um, Rebecca Hare, who I mentioned before. Um, she is the author of the book, The Space. Um, so she comes from a design background and is looking at classroom spaces and how to optimize them for learning. And she'll be joining our team full-time um, starting today, actually. So um, she has some incredible content. Um, so really recommend following her. And then um, lately, I've also my colleague, Tanya Avreth, who we have our live stream show together. She um, really focuses a lot of her work on helping um, students make their thinking visible. She does a lot around digital citizenship as well. So she has a lot of great content. Um, so that's on my immediate team. Um, we also have um, other team members we work with, including Claudio Zavala and Jesse Levinsky, who's based in New York, Claudio's in Texas. Um, and then lately I've been following a lot of content from Holly Clark, um, uh, who I've known also for years, but she has been doing some really cool content on TikTok for teachers. So I um, have enjoyed her work. And then um, also in, in New Jersey is Nick Ferroni. He's a high school teacher. Uh, we've been doing a lot of work with on Instagram. He has a, a, a another live stream show for us. Um, so those are to name a few. And then, um, yeah, I'm trying to think in terms of organizations, uh, we've also been doing work with Pixar in a Box. That's another great resource for teachers. Um, and we also had Edgetopia and Common Sense Media recently on the show. So more to 
more to come in upcoming months, but those are just a few off the top of my head. But of course, there's so many great, so many great educators in the professional learning network. Awesome. Yeah. All those folks, uh, yeah, it makes sense why you <laughs> mentioned them. Uh, they're all doing really amazing things and really excited for you and for Rebecca Hare uh, to join the team full time. She's yeah, brilliant uh, and and super creative and that's awesome. Uh, good for you and good for her. Um, moving along in our lightning round, what book would you say could be a book or a podcast? I'll, I'll give you that, uh, that option that has influenced your practice in the last few years. Gosh, I have to think, uh, there's so, so actually Jane, and I've, I've just started reading it, the art of gathering. <laughs> I ordered it on Amazon and I've just started reading it in terms of how, um, you can, it's really an art to be able to bring people together um, and have those connections and how you set up a meeting. And as I've been reading through it, and I'm just through the first couple chapters, I want to finish it before our, our actual gathering. Um, it has changed how I'm looking at events even, because I run a lot of educator events um, for teachers, workshops, webinars. And there's such... I guess I had never really thought of it this way to have a specific art to it, a specific practice. Um, so that would be one that I hope is going to also um, shape additional events coming up in the future. So love that's it. on my, on my current list uh, that I'm looking at right now. I love it. You know who you're, you know who you're, yeah, you know who you're speaking to. This is well, like Priya Parker's biggest fan. Here, yeah. But uh, Michael got to also meet her at South by Southwest or at least experience. She was there. Back. I was at, I was there, in two sessions. There. They were both there. Oh, wow, that's great. How did that go? You, you attended, that was in, during interactive or? It was cool. Uh, so she did a, uh, she was a closing keynote, I think at EDU with Baratunde Thurston, which was a great mm -hmm. conversation. Uh, and then at interactive, um, there was a smaller event with her, her husband, Anand and Brene Brown. And so they had a conversation around language and and gathering but it, it was more sort of Brene's Brene's event but uh, apparently Brene and Priya are pals and so they chat all the time and thought yeah let's do a let's do an event at uh at South by Southwest Interactive so um yeah it was it was great to be in her space and you know I think she yeah, there's so many gems that she has shared through her book her newsletter uh, you know, she's got, she had her podcast. I don't know if she's still doing it now, but yeah, just a lot of things that I think people take, don't necessarily take for granted, but don't fully realize, um, how intentional and, um, how many, how, what am I trying to say? How certain things really matter, um, bringing folks together and creating that kind of environment. And so, yeah, it was great, uh, to be in her space. That's yeah. And especially, for any community, like in the role that I have for online communities. So um, Jane, last time we had spoken, she recommended that. So I have that yeah. now and um, that's great. I'm so glad. Yeah, she talks about not being a chill host and it's one of those things that really resonates. I mean, you think all of these little intentional pieces do really matter. They matter in yeah. space. You know, like you said, Rebecca Hare, thinking about that, they matter in gathering, they matter. Mm -hmm. Um, so, um, I have a last question for you. 
um, and it's really, a, you know, a question about a question. Um, is there any sort of like education or learning question that you've been really thinking about or digging into lately? Like um, something that you've been chewing on in your mind, a question related to education or learning? Yeah, I actually just had a, a conversation um, with my partner about this yesterday. And we were trying to think like, what, what has not been tackled yet in education? Um, is there like a specific is it um, a methodology? Is it a um, tool? Like, what is it that is next? And we were, I was, I've been thinking about all of these different ed tech companies. And in particular, um, I recently went to Mobile World Congress here in Barcelona, and there was a whole learning lab um, where they had different ed tech startups presenting. Um, and one of the pieces that I think we still haven't really cracked is what is the most successful recipe to, and of course every school district and educator is going to be different, but to helping onboard teachers to technology first. And the second is how to connect educators with entrepreneurs and ed tech companies to better inform the product roadmap. Because I think sometimes within education tech companies, we're in our own bubble and we have our KPIs and our product roadmap that we have to hit. And of course, there's so many different business pieces that we're looking at, but then where is that in the community, you have that open forum, but how can we do a better job of that? Not just as you know a company, but as an industry as a whole, because right now it feels very fragmented and you know there are incubator programs for teachers, but sometimes I feel like the, the world of education and the world of tech, realistically, even though we have communities, there's still a lot of work that can be done um, to bridging those gaps. I love that. I, I think there's a woman, uh, Melina Uncaffer. She's a professor at UC Irvine. Um, she's actually studies, um, you know, her work is related to the brain and how we learn. But one of the things that she really thinks about are the people that are the in-betweens. So I think of your work, Clara, you're just talking about the people in tech and the teachers and who is the, the person that bridges. She talks about the term, a learning engineer, um, because you're really like bringing these different pieces together and building relationships and community in order to build a tool. And so there's this, there might be a better term for it, but it's that, that community bridge between, um, you know, the person who's doing research in the brain and the person who's doing work in the classroom or the person who's creating a tool, you know, and I think that that is, something, you know, that question is such a, such a really relevant across so many different settings, those people that are building those bridges. Yeah, love that. I, it, it, that was a, a wondering that I had coming out of um, South by Southwest EDU and interactive is, you know, a lot of conversation about web three and about NFTs uh, and about, you know, the ways in which those new technologies will shape and create you know, new experiences, a new kind of internet, if you will. And so I'm thinking about it from an education perspective, and it seems like there are, uh, you know, amazing things being done in that Web3 space. And also there are teachers in the education space who are, you know, just now learning about, um, you know, some technologies that have been out there for a while. And so it's like, how do we, you know, one, the Web3 universe is sort of accelerating, and yet, the education universe is sort of continuing to, 
plot along. And so that gap seems to be widening. And so those folks who are in the middle, who can be bridges, who can be links, uh, seem that much more important uh, these days. So I appreciate um, I appreciate that. Uh, Clara, we have come to the end of the road here. Uh, you have mentioned a bunch of things about the work that you're doing, about things coming up. Um, and so I guess the last thing would be, where is the best place for folks to find you? Uh, we'll have you know all of these, all the things, all the events, the tools, et cetera, mentioned uh, here included in the show notes. So we'll have that. But for people who want to learn more about the work that you're doing or who you want to see um, what you're up to, where's the best place for them to go? So we have our education um, community. That's edx.adobe.com is our um, open educational resource platform. Um, and then more specifically, I manage our Adobe Creative Educator Community Program. So if you um, go to adobe.ly slash ACE, um, A-C-E, you'll be able to find all the information there of how to join our community um, and connect with other creative educators around the world. And then on social, um, we are at Adobe EDU, Adobe for Education on Facebook and on YouTube. And then my personal uh, Twitter uh, that I use for um, connecting with different teachers. I think, um, honestly, Michael, that's probably how we first connected was on Twitter and at the conference. Um, it's at, uh, at Miss Clara Galan, so M-S-C-L-A-R-A-G-A-L-A-N. And um, last but not least, our hashtag is Adobe EDU Creative. So that's all the conversation happening around creativity and education. Um, so no matter what time zone you're in, um, you can participate in that hashtag at any time. Nice. Perfect. Great. Uh, yeah. And again, all of those will be included. So people will be able to uh, reach out, say hello, learn more about the awesome things that you have done and that you are doing. Uh, and it's great to see you. It's been a little while. Uh, and uh, thanks for thanks for all you share. Yeah, thanks so much for having me on. And I hope we can all connect in person soon, one day at a conference. That would oh, be great. That would be great. Uh, <laughs> okay, well, thank you so much. Bye. That wraps this episode of Consider Anew. Check out the show notes for links and other details. If you liked what you heard and you're willing to help the podcast out, please be sure to subscribe and leave a review. And if there's someone in your world who you think might appreciate this episode, do them a favor and send it their way. Thanks to Michael Lipset of Pastel Stories. And thanks, Jane, for joining me. Thanks, Michael, for having me and for collaborating with School of Thought. And thanks to you, listener, for tuning in. As always, we'd love to hear from you. So say hello on Twitter. I'm at Shore Jane Shore. And check out our blog, schoolofthought.substack.com, where we make big ideas usable. I'm at MJ Craw on Twitter. And I'd love to connect at MJCraw.com. And until next time, consider anew. <laughs>